0: Streets, you've heard a lot about it before from various things here at Otta Creek. So, what I wanted to try and do was maybe show you some things you don't speak to see or don't know about it just to give you a different perspective. Um, I, I got a I've found a couple videos, some of them aren't great quality, but hopefully, it will show you a little bit about what's going on with Main Streets. So, as you know, well we'll get there. I'm going to start with a brief uh, video here. Let's see if this will work. Well... Well, that didn't work. It's showing on my screen. I'm technologically challenged.
1: (laughs) You fit in with us. Good. I don't normally have to do this sort of thing, so...
0: I think I got it now. Thank you. We'll see if the volume works. That's great, isn't it? Well... Yeah, Eric, if you know what you're doing. uh, Monitors are reversed here.
2: So we will go Let me get out of this for just a second. How do I minimize that?
0: I don't know. Okay. There we go. Okay. Uh, No, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. We'll see if this works. Thank you. The streets, as you know, it's in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, Nairobi is a city of about 4 million people. It's pretty big, and it's pretty small. The city itself isn't that large, so the people are in there pretty tight. Um, Made in the streets works with street children from Nairobi, Kenya. Um, there are estimates of about 60,000 children who are living on the streets in Nairobi. Um, That means they have no place to sleep at night. They literally sleep on the streets. They um, don't have food for the next day. They're trying to find food each day. So Main the Streets works with these children. It realized that these are people who are just overlooked. No one sees them. No one notices them. No one cares for them. And Made in the Streets saw an opportunity starting back in about 1995. Charles and Arlene Colston started this ministry. They weren't doing anything with street children. They were working at a technical college there and and saw all these street children showing up and thought, who's taking care of these people? What what can they do? So they started working with these children. And uh, so I'll kind of go through some of the different phases uh, that Made in the Streets has. It starts with the children on the streets, and we're going to spend a little bit more time focusing on that. Then it takes them from the streets to a farm, to a school where they can get education, they can get food, they have clothes, clean clothes for the first time maybe in their life. Um, And then they go off and have jobs. I'm going to show you a video here in just a second. This isn't the right side. So really the story of Maiden Street starts in Mathari Valley, Mathari is a slum. There's a couple slums, there's a number of slums in, Nai- in Nairobi. Mathari Valley-, Valley is the second largest. There's no way to know how many people live in Mathari Valley. The latest estimates are about 200,000 people. And it's in three square miles. So there are people packed into this small, impoverished part of the city, and outside of Mathari Valley, You have cars, you have beautiful buildings, um, but in the middle of the city there are these slums, and this is one of them, Mathari Valley, and a lot of the street children start from the slums of Mathari Valley. As you can see, it's just filled with these small shanties that are 10 by 10, uh, some 6 by 8, and a whole family lives in there, and you're crammed in there, and they've got to pay rent, actually, for this piece of trash that they live in, um, and the rent is basically everything that they make. So they'll try and make some money, whether it's selling something um, outside their house on the road um, there, or they'll you know find, uh, go work and do something that maybe earns them a dollar a day or so. So it really starts in Mathari Valley. I, f- it, it, I haven't been able to find a whole lot of videos about Mathari Valley that, that really show you what it's like, I found this one, it's not the best, it's not real high quality, but it kind of shows you, it walks through part of Marth- Mathari Valley to let you see what it looks like. The video is 12 minutes, I'm only going to show a very short part of it. Now, <coughs> this person who's doing this, I just found this random video, this guy is not affiliated with Maiden Streets, I don't agree with everything he says, some of his numbers I think are wrong, um, but Really, it's more for the images that I think are worth seeing and are helpful. So what we're going to do is start about right here, maybe.
2: Imagine your life. But instead of being born to this, you were born to this. That's the reality. For more than 800,000 men, women, and children in the Mathari Valley slum in Nairobi, who have barely enough electricity, no running water except from a spigot where God only knows where the water is coming from, and no septic system, where small children have nowhere else to go to the bathroom but in the middle of the street. The saddest part is these villages are only minutes away from the modern world, They need to ask yourself, how can this happen in the 21st century? With all of our technology, with all of our politics, with all of our advancements we've gone through, how could this be? Literally, God only knows. The Mathari Valley slum is considered by many to be the poorest in the world. Most of the people who live here will never leave. They're born here, they'll grow up here, and they'll die here and most of them will never know a better way of life. Most of these people earn about a dollar a day, some of them as much as two dollars a day, and probably 90% of that goes to pay the rent on their little shanty that they live in. They barely survive on a daily basis, eating whatever they can get their hands on. Some have jobs selling produce, some sew for a living, some wash laundry for a living, some, about 70%, even sell themselves whatever it takes to survive in these ungodly conditions. In the Mathari Valley alone there's an estimated 200,000 school-aged children who yearn for a better life. They have no idea what good things could lie ahead for them if only they were to be rescued out of this valley. So I want you to meet the Wambua family. They live in this 12 by 12 room along with their goats And yes, I did say they're goats, all six of them. There are 11 people and six goats living in this shanty. This is the life that this family has known for generations. Now, most of these children will never know the joy of getting ready for school, receiving an education that not only fills them up with knowledge, but also fills them up with God. Most of the people in this valley will never know what it's like to get a healthy meal on a regular basis. They'll never know the luxury of basic medical care. They'll never know the taste of a clean glass of water. And many of them will never know the hope that anything will ever change. I know that this valley can look hopeless. It can look like there's too many people. Like,
0: So we'll just stop there. Um... Let's see if I can get the next slide here. Sorry. Um, so that's where a lot of the street children come from is Mathari Valley. So living in really rough conditions. And it's no wonder that they want to leave those rough conditions. So right outside, so Mathari Valley is literally a valley. And there's a small river, really a creek, that runs through it. It creates this valley. And if you come up out of the valley, right outside of it is Eastley It's right across the street, literally, from the Mathari Valley. And this is where a lot of the people from Mathari Valley will try to work, will try to go. Um, it's just a region, a part of uh, Nairobi. And it's actually called Little Mogadishu because it is, has been uh, taken over by Somalians. So, Somalian refugees who left Somalia because of uh, turmoil in that country were refugees in Kenya, and then a lot of them moved to the Eastleigh area. So, there's a lot of, uh, you'll see the women with the uh, full coverage over their face. During the day, you'll hear uh, several times, there's a number of mosques there, so you'll hear the calls to prayer at the regular times during the day. And it's really become a bustling business district. But still, the streets aren't that nice. They're pretty trashy. And in fact, there is no trash collection system, either in Mathari Valley or in Eastleigh. So what people end up doing is basically they just throw the trash out in the road. If you think about it, if you were at your house and there was no one coming to pick up your trash for a year, how much stuff would just build up? And if you maybe just had to throw it in your yard, what that would be like, they don't have any trash collection, so it, it really just gets thrown out in the streets. And there's some areas where people will go to throw their trash, maybe in a little lot, and it collects there. The roads aren't that good, and when it rains, it's really hard to get through there. But a lot of the people from Athari Valley will come up to Eastley and, and spend their days there. Or if you're a street child, you'll try and live there. So by the streets, a lot of times when we're talking about made in the streets, we're talking about the streets of Eastley. This is where a lot of the street children end up. There's a a lot of them in Eastleigh. I want to talk a little bit about why there are street children. So if you think about it, if you lived in those conditions we saw and you don't know if you're going to get any food today or tomorrow or the next day, school is not an option. You know, you're just not going to school. Um, And life in the in your house isn't so good, a lot of kids will just leave the house and end up on the streets. And so, what they'll do is they'll just kind of live together. You'll, largely, you'll see this as a group of guys that will form a base or a gang or a base, and they'll kind of live on the, on the, on the side of the street. I'm gonna tell you about three specific people just to give you an idea of, of the stories of some of the people from Made in the Streets, how they ended up on the streets. So the first one is Aliza. Um, the, the story for Aliza, as I recall, is that she found out that her mother was trying to poison her. When she asked her mother, why are you trying to poison me? She said, because your father doesn't love you. and They didn't have enough food for everybody, so they were going to get rid of her. So she realized, I need to get out of here. So she left home at a young age, and was living on the streets. Second guy here, Wahome. his mother was a prostitute, so he never knew who his dad was. He actually uh, was carried to term, though, and and so she mothered him while she continued um, to be a prostitute, and I believe she died from AIDS. And then so he found himself, he doesn't have a dad, he doesn't have a mom, and there's no one to take care of him, there's nowhere to go, so he just kind of ended up On the streets by default. The last one here, Miriam, is a little bit more complex, and I don't fully, I still don't even think I fully understand her story, but let me try to um, recapture it a little bit. Miriam lived in a nice house with a family, and she had no business to be on the streets. However, uh, there was a car accident, and her brother was killed in the car accident. And I still don't understand how this happened, but when her father went to the morgue and he wanted to hold the body, when he held the body, he passed out dead. Don't know how that happens, or if, if that's true, that's the story I was told. So he dies, and so it's Miriam and her mother. And so after the funeral they, of her father, they go back to their house, and what they found out is that they were locked out. And her father's family had taken over the house and kicked them out. This kind of happens, as I was told, in uh, Kenyan culture sometimes, is a family will take over a house when someone dies. So the mother and Miriam didn't have a place to stay. Miriam's mother sent Miriam to her aunt, to live with her aunt, um, which was not, it may have been in Mathari Valley, but it wasn't in a nice part of town. And Uh, Miriam started finding out that men were coming to have sex with her as a young girl, and she didn't know why, but her aunt would take money from men, and the men, could she would give them permission to go in and have sex with her. Um, She did not like that situation, so she ended up on the streets. So a lot of these kids just end up, for whatever reason, living on the streets. There's this, uh, and, and so the boys end up forming these bases where they'll live together on on the streets, and the girls don't have it quite as good. Um, a lot of times, what they'll have to do is find a group of boys to protect them. Um, so you'll find a girl who is part of the base, but really she is owned by the base, if you know what I mean. And so there's a master, uh, th- there's kind of an alpha male for every base. Whoever the leader. The toughest guy is, he gets the girl, she's his, she does whatever he wants, but they protect her. There were some girls that we knew um, who didn't want to be raped at night, so what they would do is they would run, literally run all night long, um, so that they weren't raped. And then, the, then during the day, they would sleep. Let me see where we are here, sorry, got off track. Um, so here's a base, here's some guys... Um, some of the things that happen while they're on these bases, they'll, they'll dig through trash to f- try and find food, um, cause a lot, or they'll try and steal it. They'll try and steal food or beg. Begging, street kids don't get a whole lot of mercy, um, so it's really better to either steal it or find something in the trash. A lot of times their base where they will live is near a trash heap, and they'll kind of live there, Um, And then during the day, they'll go out and try and find food and then come back, and that's where they stay. A lot of the guys get addicted to shoe glue. And I remember Steve Sherman talking about this a couple weeks ago during communion uh, in Guatemala. Uh, So it seems like it may be a similar trend around the world is that these kids are sold shoe glue. And there are these people who will collect shoe glue from from, uh, shoe factories and they will collect it and then sell it to these kids for shillings. Um, And so if they can get some money together, they will go out and buy this shoe glue. And what it does is it, it of course, deadens the brain cells, kills the brain cells, but it also helps them uh, curb their hunger pains so they don't feel hungry so much. It gives them a sense of warmth, I'm told, so that they're not as cold, Um, and it kind of deadens them to the reality that they're living with. So they get addicted to this. And we would see some of these guys who are addicted to glue and their eyes are just glazed over, um, very zombie looking like, not really knowing what's going on. Um, But, you know, and then once you get addicted to it, you got to have it all the time. And of course, abuse happens all the time. On these, there's fights. They're causing fights with other people. They're having fights among themselves. They're getting hurt by people. The girls are being abused. I remember one time uh, having to take a boy to a medic because he had gotten, his ear wasn't chopped off, but he kind of got hit in the head by something. So they're always just, it's a rough life. I mean, you think of the, the way we grew up, going to school, having a family, going home, um, you know, it's a lot different life.
1: It- the girls actually give birth right there at the camps, too. I mean, they don't go to hospitals or
0: anything. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, that's right. Have you been there? Yes. Yes. I should have you come up and talk. No. <laughs> no well, if you have anything you want to say, or if you have any questions while I'm talking, please feel free to um, ask or say something. So this is the outside of the Maid in the Streets. You can see Maid in the Streets mm-hmm. kind of up at the top behind this wall. Um, this is the Made in the Streets compound in the middle of Eastley, so it's kind of a place of hope for these street kids to come to, and so they're out, and, you know, doing their thing. And during the day, they can come to the Eastley Center and they can get a shower, they can use a toilet, uh, they can get some food. So Made in the Streets has this place out here, and it's staffed so that the street kids can come and. and You know, have some time away from the streets, and they'll have Bible studies with them. They'll um, spend time with them, love on them. Here's a couple pictures of uh, this street girl. Here's a staff member, street girl, getting some food. You know, this is a great meal if you're um, eating from the trash during the day. And the boys and the kids get to play some games. Um, A lot of times, we would go um, into the Eastleigh Center and walk out from there and go tour the bases, and so the staff will go out and try and find these street children and develop relationships with them and try and get to know them and see them where they're at. And the street children trust them. They know that they're, they love them, that they're going to they're take care of them. Um, so they'll listen to them. And so we'll, the girls, Sarah would go out with the girls. Um, there was this one girl who was pregnant, and she was carrying her baby in a plastic bag. <clears throat> and and they would tell her not to do that because that's not that's not good. Um, so the, Sarah, uh, the girls would go out and, and work with the girls and try and uh, give them a good meal and, and find them and, and teach them and spend time with them. We'll talk a little bit about some of the programs that they have for the girls here in a second. Oh, here it is. So here's some girls. What they'd done is they started this hygiene program for girls this past year so that the girls who are on the street um, could come in and, and be clean. I was told recently, one of the ways they got the girls to come to this is they would go to the bases where the guys are, and they would tell them, they would tell the master, hey, look, you know, these street girls, they're not clean. They're not having any opportunity to be clean. Don't you want them? Don't you want that for them? And the guys were like, yeah, 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 we do want that. So they say, well, they've got to come to this nine-week program, it's every Monday, you know, and, and, and so bring them here. And so they would make sure that the girls would come, and that's a time where they can spend time with them, help them out, give them food, love on them. And one of the things that they would try and do is find people who want to get out of that lifestyle. It's not for everyone to get out of. A lot of them, you know, there's no discipline. You don't have to be told where to go or where to be. Um, so it's, it's really convenient And it's really hard if you've never grown up with a structure to have any kind of structure that you might get at a full boarding program. So what they'll do is try and find people who might be dissatisfied with that life, and these are opportunities to do that. And they also get to tell them about God and and love on them. Another thing they're doing is working with art therapy is trying to come up with ways to let these children who really have no outlet, no artistic outlet, let alone get to play games or, or be children and get them to uh, work through some art that helps them work through some of the things that they're dealing with. So that's the street part of Main Streets. That's where they all come from. I'm going to move to the school part. Are there any questions anybody has? I mean, Another thing, too, is it's hard to give up
1: that glue, and they can't take the glue yes. to the school. Yes. And they're told that. When you come
0: into the Eastley Center, you have to leave your glue outside. We won't let you come in if you have glue and that's not easy for them but they they understand if i want to get a meal or you know have some fun or take a shower i've got to leave my glue out here so what happens is when they find these street kids who are willing to give up uh living on the streets they'll bring them out to kamulu which is about 45 minutes outside of nairobi although nairobi is growing and it's almost reached to kamulu uh now so uh what they've done is created this they've bought some property out here um, and created a school and have dorms and have a cafeteria and have a place for them to be where it's outside of the influences of the street. They found that just doing it in the Easley Center doesn't work because the streets are right there. It's too easy for them to get back into what they were doing. So they bring them out to this farm where there are um, animals and they do grow their own food to a large extent, and have their own um, livestock. And what they do with the school is there are two things that they want to do. One is they want to give them an education. Now, they can't give everybody the full 12-year education that you would get if you grew up going to school at the right phase, but what they do is give them some schooling so that they can learn to read and write. They can speak English. Most of them don't. When they come out, they speak only Swahili, and they learn English, which is important if you want to have a job Back in the city of Nairobi, it's great if you could speak English. Man, that shows that you are intelligent and you have been schooled. So that's one of the things they teach them. Sarah and I tried to teach. We were not very good. I'll speak for myself. We, we, had to, we, we realized we are not mm-hmm. teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, we were tasked with teaching several people who spoke no English, trying to teach them how to read and to speak English. And we realize we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) So hopefully those two students got someone else to come in and correct everything we did wrong. So what they'll do is they'll teach them, they'll go to classes where they've got math, Bible, public speaking, English, Swahili, and then after that the next phase which we'll get into a second is skills training, is trying to give them a vocation so that once they leave Maiden the Streets they can go out and actually have a (coughs) job and make some, make a living and make some money. I'm going to show a quick video here. This one starts, you know what, this one, I don't have enough time. Um, this would be a great video. Um, it it shows, (laughs) it shows Eastly, and it shows what it's like there. And then it takes these children who are uh, from the streets and it, the first time they, that they get to be on the farm and you get to see the expression on their faces. They're like, Wow, I get a bed, and you know I get a blanket, And that would be a great video if we had a chance to watch it. Okay, um, here's some of the literacy. There's another video I want to show you that I think is really neat. Some of the things that so we've got classrooms for the children at made in the streets, and they actually get to wear uniforms. They didn't get to do that. And then the the staff realized, you know, they don't feel like they're really in school because everybody else in Kenya wears a uniform. in In the estates here, The kids do not want to wear a uniform to go to school. That's the last thing that they want, right? They want to wear whatever they can. But in Kenya, if you wear a uniform, that is something to be proud of. So they came up and said, let's make uniforms for everybody. So they've got uniforms to go to school. Okay, we'll get to the skills now. So once they get through some of the literacy training, they get some vocational training. What they try and do, when we were there, unemployment in Nairobi was 60%. So finding a job, you, you saw, I think, one of the women sitting there trying to sell tomatoes on the side of uh, the road in Mathari Valley. That's what a lot of people doing, It's just day jobs, trying to find something to make it through the day. What we're trying to do is give them a vocation, something, a skill, whether it's um, hairdressing, uh, catering, auto mechanics, welding, things like that. Trying to give them something that they can go off and do once they leave Main the Street so that they don't return <coughs> to the streets. Um, there's one graduate who got to uh, cook for the president of Kenya. We know another one who uh, was, last I heard, working on a carnival cruise line, actually. Mm-hmm. A former street kid was a cook on a carnival cruise line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and so really one of the greatest things about Maiden Streets is the transformation that you see from these children who start on the streets and have no hope and are living a rough life and then they end up with uh, great hope. Hopefully this video will work. I've got some other slides to show, but I think we're out of time. Is there any questions that anyone has? All right. Um, well, I'll just close this with a prayer then, if that's okay. All right. Father, we thank you for this day. This time we remember all the street children in Nairobi. Those who are struggling and are abused. We pray your mercy on them at this time. We pray your grace. We ask that they will find peace and healing. We thank you so much for Made in the Streets and organizations like that that are trying to help children who have no hope. Please bless their efforts. Help them to create a flourishing and bountiful life for many children on the streets. Thank you for everyone in this room and their love and devotion. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah. So we have just a little time? Yeah, okay. I I want to tell you something that made a huge impression on me when I was there. We were at Eastley and having a party um, for the street kids to come. And uh, you just saw, you know, how how rough it is for them and what they look like, like they've never been bathed, and and um, and it was during the time when they were making the uh, 20th anniversary video for Made in the Streets. So Dennis was there as the videographer, um, and other um, Anastasia was there. Some of the Kids who had grown up and graduated and had good jobs, they were there doing that. And to see the kids before they came in to Made in the Streets and the kids who had been through the program, what a difference it was. And that just really impacted my life to see from one to the other. Thank it you. Thank you. All right.